Thank you for choosing the Soul Purpose Podcast with yours truly, Coach Brian Thomas. Let's take a journey of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And let's make sure that while we're on the journey, we never forget who we are. We never forget where we're going. And most of all, we develop the purpose that makes us who we are. Let's go. Good evening. Thank you, everyone that is going to be tuning in, that's going to be listening. Here we are, yet again, Soul Purpose Podcast with yours truly, Coach Brian Thomas. Today, I have someone that is very, very special, um, amazing since the first day that we uh, connected, um, very sharp, does not miss much, if anything, and will call me out in a minute. But I'm so glad that she's taking time out of her busy schedule to sit with me today to do a podcast interview. So without further ado, Attorney Lauren Morgan, how are you this evening? Hi, I am good. I'm doing well. I have no complaints. How you are know you? Me, living the dream, living the dream and paying the bills at the same time. <laughs> so somebody can do it. Not to. Somebody can do it. So Mrs. Morgan or Attorney Morgan or Miss Lauren, however you want to put it. Um, tell me about your life as an attorney. Now, your life in that expertise is a little bit different because from what I have known you to do is you do quite a bit of traveling. So tell me. How does that work for you where you're able to do the things that an attorney does, but yet be able to travel all to these wonderful countries? Um, you know, I just make my own path out here. <laughs> no, I um honestly it's such a blessing, but I I am a business entrepreneur. An attorney, but I have many different ventures. I'm what you call a serial entrepreneur. Um, but my primary gig and things that I do is a business attorney. I do pre-litigation law. So that means I help people pre-lawsuits, which gives me a lot of flexibility because I don't have to be in court. Um, and so 100% of what I do can be done virtually for people. But I, um, the pandemic came, I was doing it. 90% virtually. Some clients would still have a preference to meet in person and I would. And the pandemic hit and we couldn't meet in person. And I was like, what am I doing? Why am I, why am I doing this from without a view? And I could be anywhere in the world. And so I sold all of my stuff. And I decided that I was going to travel abroad and just do my job that I would do anywhere else. Just do it with a nice view and do it somewhere else. So yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> No, wait a minute. Was this idea to sell all of your stuff, was this just kind of like spur of the moment or did you plan to say, hey, after I've been sitting in the pandemic for a little bit, I'm going to just sell all my stuff and I'm just going to find me a nice cozy spot across the world and do what it is that I'm doing? It was definitely spare the moment. I had planned the trip to um, Europe and I was going to go see a friend that I knew was there and I, I booked my ticket round trip for a month. As it kept approaching, I... My lease was going to be up the, around the time that I was leaving. So I was going to have to put myself in, um, in storage, all of my furniture. And I was just like, well, do I really want to pay for storage for a month while I'm gone and out of the country? And I was like, well, do I really even want to come back? Maybe I stay longer. And that's where it became. It's like, I don't know that I want to come back. I'm just going to stay longer. I'm just going to figure it out. I have to figure out my job and my life when I'm here. Why not just do that abroad? So that's what it became. And I would say I really began to, I would say about a month right before I left, I was like, you know what? I don't know when I'm coming back. It doesn't make sense to waste money on storage in the meantime. And then I don't know what I want to do with my stuff. You know, people, the furniture and trends and things change. It's like, I don't know that I'm going to want that furniture when I come back in a year from now. I could just, what I'm paying in storage, I could honestly just pay that when I come back and buy all new furniture. Um, so I didn't think it was a good investment and I decided, you know what, we gonna put a couple of boxes at my parents' house. And other than that, if it can't fit in the suitcase, it's got to go. And that's exactly what happened. So wait, you mean to tell me your furniture that you had, you went ahead and you sold it. I sold everything. 
Yep. I sold everything. I even, I had a king size bed. I remember, you know, it was COVID time. So people were kind of like iffy and not wanting to sell that stuff, but it was brand new. I never, it hadn't even been a year since I had that mattress. <laughs> it wasn't even a year. Good. Um, and I ended up just giving the mattress away. Honestly, I was like, here, just take it. You want it? I don't even want anything for it. So I gave a king size mattress away. And to this day, it happened to be, um, someone that my mom knew. They were like, oh my God, this bed is so comfortable. Cause I, Listen, it's a few things in life you need to invest in no matter what. And that for me is um, you need to, you spend a lot of time sleeping. <laughs> a lot of your life is spent sleeping. So you need to invest in your bed and your room, your environment for that. So I had a really nice bed. And um, to this day, she's like, that bed, we love that bed. It's so amazing. <laughs> I'm just like, you're welcome. There's no way I should have gave that bed away for free. But hey, somebody, somebody came up off of it. So that's all that matters. Now, when you were over uh, in the country, in another country, when did you discover that this was something that you really knew you wanted to be abroad and do business? Like, when did you, when did it hit you that, hey, I really like this and I want to do this more often? Oh, it hit me before I left. It, it was <laughs> really. It hit before I left. That's why I sold my stuff and did it. Um, yeah. If I had a, any doubts or chances, no, it hit me before I left. Um, and I loved it. I've I've been traveling since I was twelve. Um, my dad, just with his job and his profession, we have traveled since I was twelve. I've gone on cruises pre-pandemic twice a year since I was twelve. I've gone all across this country. Um through other countries because of cruises, things like that. I studied international, I actually studied international business law um, in law school. I went in um, my first, not international trip. I had definitely been out of the country since then, before then, but my actual solo by myself, I'm going out of the country and I'm just going to live and figure it out. I actually went to China and lived for about four to six months in law school and studied and worked at an international business law firm um, doing just that working and doing business law. So I've known for a very long time that that's always what I wanted to do. And even then I worked with within the company. What I did was that I set up um, Chinese uh, natives. I basically set them up with the European Union so that they can transfer over their citizenship there, get dual citizenship or move over to Europe and things like that. So I've always been in international business law. I knew I, I loved it then. I was by myself. It was my first time. So I got a little homesick more frequently and the culture was a lot. I love their culture though, but it was a, it was a big difference. London feels like New York, honestly, it feels like <laughs> a very expensive, overrated New York. So it felt very homey from the first time. That's where I started at. Then I went to Portugal, does not feel like the U.S. at all. It feels very different, but it's on the water. It's a very coastal place. And I loved everything about um, Portugal. I went to Belgium. Belgium has some of the best food I have tasted today. I don't, I don't know what they do to their food in Belgium. Everywhere we went, the food in Belgium is so good. Um so I really enjoy myself traveling and I pretty much just figured it out. If I wanted to go somewhere, if I wanted to do something, I was like, all right, let's go, let's do it. <laughs> so it was a great time. And I'm actually gearing back, gearing back up. I'll, um, I'm going to do a mini sit here in the next um, few weeks, actually. And then I'll do another one come next year, July. I'm going to move to Bali for a year. Wait, you're going to go to a whole another country. You sure you're not going to get homesick being away for a year? No, I'll be fine. Um, Bali, I'm close to water, the beaches, things like that. And it, it'll be home base for a year. So I'm not going to say I'm going to stay there. I'm not going to stay idle in any place for a year. But it'll be home base. And then I'll just hop around to different places and cities. And my plan is to um, get a place that's big enough so I can have friends and family come over and visit while I'm there. Because it's a cool opportunity. So now, what is the difference in some of the other country as a, other countries as opposed to over here in the states? Like, what do you notice as the differences as far as like the way the people are? Are they nicer? Are they meaner? Are they more polite? What are some of the differences? Um, I think that varies on the place that you go. 
um london they're not they're not really nice but they're not mean like if you engage they're just they're it really reminds me about new york right like people in new york aren't mean but they aren't nice they aren't it's not like the south they're not walking up to you like hey hi right so even in the states depending on where you are culturally there are differences right in the south everybody's welcoming and warming in cali they're just kind of chill and go with the flow new york they on a mission they might get run over and they're not going to ask you how you doing. They're not going to say hi. They, everybody's like in their own zone. So I definitely think you get a mixture of that as you travel as well. Um, so as you, if you stop and talk to people in London, for the most part, they, they, they'll respond. They'll talk. Um, they'll help you out. But they, they might not. They probably aren't initiating conversation with you for the most part. <laughs> um, Portugal, everybody's very friendly. There is a language barrier there, though. They, there is um, a lot of English speaking there, but the the main language is Portuguese. So with the language barrier, people people are friendly. They'll smile. They'll do different things. But everyone doesn't speak English, so it's that's the the cumbrance there. What else? Where else? Belgium. Oh, Belgium is so interesting. Belgium is literally a melting pot. Belgium the, is split up in different segments of it, and across um, where I was and where I was staying at this like chateau, I was on the French side, and across the way was the Dutch side. So mm. literally just across the pond, this very big, beautiful pond that you could walk in like 30 minutes across the way was the Dutch side. And so um, Belgium is split up in multiple places. They speak German, they speak Dutch, and they speak French. Those are the primary languages in Belgium. And so I was with a friend, his his family, they speak French. So it, I um, his mom didn't speak French any English at all. So I actually studied French in high school so I could speak a little and I would try to do it, but you know, horrible broken accents and things like that. He most of the time had to translate, but I would try to like talk to her a little bit in my broken French. <laughs> but Belgium, I would say Portugal was my favorite place to go to. Belgium is a close second um, as far as my last trip go around, not all together collectively, but Belgium's food is Portugal's food is good. London's food is not too hot. We have a couple <laughs> of places, but overall, London food is 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 not. It's hit or miss. You're not gonna go anywhere in London and the food just be amazing. It's like no, you gotta study it out. You gotta ask some people, look at reviews, and then you can't ask English people their reviews. It needs to be like an American review. Like, wait, is their food good? Good or is it just like their food is not good at all? Ooh. But I, I was after being there so long, I found a couple of places. I was like, oh, I can go here. I can do this. Um, Portugal's food is very good, very seasoned, but my favorite is Belgium. Belgium's food is just top notch. Top notch. It's so good. Their I was I had a continental breakfast at the chateau I was staying at, and their breakfast food was so good. Like their meats were so fresh. Every I was like, oh my goodness, what have I been missing out on in life? Belgium food was so good. Belgian food is so good. And it's so funny, you know, Belgium is actually known for their waffles, or not waffles, they are known for their waffles, but they're known for their fries. We always say French fries, but the French got it from the Belgium. And so Belgium is also is known for their chocolate, for their waffles, and for their fries. And we don't give them credit for their fries. We give it to the French just because it sounds better, French fries, but it's actually Belgium. And you think about it, because I just told you, Belgium is broken up into a German's part, a Dutch part, and a French part. So the French part of Belgium is where French fries actually came from. So they named it that, but actually the whole Dutch part. Anywho, I know we are not on this podcast. We're talking about Lauren's adventures and travels and all this other stuff. We're here to get to the good stuff. So I'm gonna I'm gonna let you have your podcast. You know what? <laughs> you know what? That's that's good information. Um, for those that you know they want to know a little bit more about Belgium, they can reach out to you now. One of the things that I admire about you from the previous conversations that we've had is that you emphasize something that um, and we've you know talked offline and it has really been helpful. You emphasize boundaries. Tell me how do you with your busy life and I know that you're a very charismatic individual. How do you maintain the boundaries that you have developed over the years? Like, how do you, how do you do it? Because someone like yourself who is uh, an attorney and who, you know, you're a very, y'all, she's very, very attractive. I mean, and I ain't gonna tell you what, the, what her height is, but um, she can play some ball if she wants to. But anyway, um, how do you maintain 
those boundaries with all the people that would try their best to have access to you. Do you mean that in like in life or do you mean that from a dating aspect or both? We're, talk, we're talking about life. We're not, we, we ain't going to dive into the dating aspect unless you want to dive into it, but in life. Okay. So in life, I think it's, it's really, it's really simple, right? I need to first know mm-hmm. myself. I always go to the airline example when they say, Hey, um, in the case of emergency, make sure you put your, um, your oxygen mask on first. And the reason you have to put your mask on first is that I can't save you unless I save myself. And so I can't show up for you if I haven't shown up for myself. Right. And so the boundaries that I have, I actually did a poll on it um, a few months ago on Instagram. And I was like, do y'all think it's wrong for me to have my, my phone on do not disturb at all times? And majority of people say yes, actually. And I was just like, or I don't think I don't think. I don't think I was asking their permission because I don't really ask permission, <laughs> but I think I said something. My phone is always on do not disturb. Do you agree or do you not? And people did not agree with that. And um, and that's OK. I think that's why we live in the world where most people are people pleasers and they struggle with boundary issues. But for myself, I had to learn really early that I needed to know who I was in order for me to show up that way because of peer pressures and things like that. And I know I shared um, this with you offline before. I went to high school when I was 12, which means I went to college when I was 16. And because I was so young, the pressures were real. And it really put me in a place where you're either going to adapt to your environment or you are going to um, not conform to those around you because you have accepted really, truly who you are unapologetically. And the latter became me. I, I, you know, you play around with it. Peer pressure is real. You have some moments, but I realized I didn't feel comfortable that way. And in order for me to be comfortable and I realized it was safe and comfortable and just unapologetically, I didn't care who thought what about me. And honestly, the more that I rested in that and I would do places, I'd go places and I'd be like, actually, I don't want to do that. I don't feel comfortable. The more I rested in that, I saw that more people accepted that, that that boldness, that courageous people are honoring that even as a teen. And so I didn't get a lot of pushback. And so that made me feel more comfortable and like, oh, well, actually, when I'm I feel comfortable and I feel good in this decision for being myself, but people also accept that too. When I am unapologetically and boldly, I'm like, no, nah, I'm not doing that. I don't really care, right? Despite me being the youngest, despite me, they're like, oh, really? Like, you don't want to go to this party? I'm like, no, nah, I'm not interested. And so that has really helped me and shaped me throughout the rest of my life. I am true to me. I'm very vocal about it. I try to be polite about it. The Lord has brought me a long way because I didn't used to be so polite about it. But um, you know, I'm just very vocal about what I what I stand for, what I love, what I don't love, what I would like to see improvements in, in, in and changing. And that includes how I show up for people and how much access people have to me, right? So my phone is always on Do Not Disturb. I have a favorites list of people who get access to me. Then I also have sleep hours, which means my phone don't even ring for those who are on my favorites list after a certain time at night. And people think that's crazy. They're like, what if there's an emergency and somebody needs to call you? I ain't I'm fortunate enough in this season where there aren't really too many emergencies that are going to be needed, right? Like I'm single, I'm not married, and I don't have kids. There's nobody who is who Lauren is responsible for outside of Lauren. And I have the pleasure of that in this season. I know that is not a for everything. It is not going to stay that way. But in this season, you know, my parents, they have access to me. They know how to get in touch with me outside of those things. But outside of that, there's nobody else who would need access to me. There's nothing I could do for anyone or to show up that way, Right. Um, And even like there is the emergency bypass that I have on for my parents and people who, you know, in dating relationships, whatever like that, that should need access to me, um, my prayer partner. But outside of that, I'm like, you don't want to wake me up in the middle of the night, because if it's not an emergency, if it's something crazy, I'm gonna be like, what, what is this? Like, you just wanted to (laughs) talk like to, to like, really? So um, I think having boundaries is really good because it really, it helps us show up for the people we need to show up for at that time. So. Now, you, you asked me if we would talk about the dating aspect, but I guess since you want to throw that little nugget out there, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grab it. Now, in the dating aspect, how do those boundaries that you use, how have they helped you navigate through um, this crazy dating world? Because let me tell you, um, it's, it's hard out here. And a lot of people are misplacing their energy in people that really don't mean them any good. And so how do you navigate through 
um, the dating world. Because, you know, again, y'all, she's an attractive young lady. She has a lot going for her, but she's no nonsense. And when you talk to her, if you ever get a chance to have a serious conversation with you, she's going to pinpoint the issue. Like she's going to pinpoint and it's going to be to the point where you're going to be like, no, I did not realize that. So how do you navigate through this crazy dating world that we're in? It's so funny when people give you their perspective of you. You're like, really? I do that? Yes, you do. (laughs) I mean, I... (laughs) those words I'm like oh but I kind of I'm very direct and very just but I'm also very discerning right so that's that but Mm -hmm. um you know in dating is actually interesting I I was having this conversation with a guy friend a few weeks ago and he was just like yeah like you definitely give wife vibes like how you are people men know that they need to step to you a certain type of way and that's just something that women, we elude on our own, right? Like that's just a, a aura that comes off of us. It's something that is just present. And it all, that in and of itself is a boundary. <laughs> Honestly, that wholeheartedly <laughs> is a boundary. Because of how I carry myself, because of how I present myself. And I'm, I, listen, y'all, I am Lauren through and through. The Lauren you're getting right here is the Lauren you're going to get in an attorney hat, right? Like, the Lauren this, right this here is, is the story true. that my friends are getting. This is who my mom is getting. I, I'm me. I am unapologetically me across the board. Now, I know I need to show up, you know, in different ways for different people. So I might show up as a little fry some days because you can't handle all of me on this day. I might show up as a large fry, right? I know how to adjust what people are getting from me but you get the same Lauren that that, that never goes off and because of that because I show up that way across the board I think people know I can't step to her any type of way I can't just run game or try to she's gonna fall for this I'm very quickly probably gonna see through stuff um if you can get my attention in the first place right like it takes (laughs) it takes a minute to get my attention but um that's honestly a repellent. So a lot of people, they have this illusion like, oh, all these guys, men do not even approach me, y'all. Most of the time, I do not get approached by men. My DMs are not popping. I had this conversation with a friend earlier this year and he was like, I don't believe you. And I pulled out my phone and showed this man. I was like, look, like you can have my passcode and everything. Search through there, search through my messages. And I appreciate that, right? Like there used to be a season in life and it's like, oh, am I unattractive? People don't holler, especially living in Arizona because they do not like black men out here. Um, they do not be coming for you. So I'd be like, what's wrong with me? Is it this? And it's it's not me. <laughs> it's definitely not me. Um, it's how I carry myself. And it's that I am in, in what I stand for, I am repelling the things I, I stand against. I am for, right? I'm not for. So men y'all is is you know people be trying to think y'all not as intelligent as y'all are and y'all have some moments but y'all are very intelligent creatures y'all definitely know like what you want what it is who can who you can run game over who's gonna allow what who's not gonna allow what and I think that that repels a lot for me now the ones who can make it through that it's a little bit more refining. I can quickly pretty much weed through them. Like, "Mm, no, I'm not feeling it, whatever. Um, And I try to be fair. I try to, you know, not just be blowing off people because of whatever my preference is or all types of stuff. I try to be a fair opportunist for the people. But um, yeah, that is how you uphold boundaries in dating. And honestly, that's, as you go through it, it's more and more come, right? Like, so how I am, with men, I said, my phone is on do not disturb, right? So in the first stages of getting to know me, you need to be consistent and intentional about your time. Because if you call me or you say you're gonna call me at a certain time, I actually turn my phone off of do not disturb so your phone call can come through. So if you don't call me when you said you're gonna call me and 30 minutes goes by or an hour goes by and I didn't put my phone back on do not disturb, we're not talking that night, right? Until we have built up to the level, unless you, unless you have text like, hey, I'm running a little behind, this stuff is going on, that level of communication, you showing me that you appreciate and you value my time, that, and that's vice versa, right? Like I'm going to text you, I'm going to call you and I'm going to establish that I value you and I value your time. I'm really big on communication. Like I'm, it's, it is a deal breaker for me. Bad communication is a no-go. I cannot deal with it. I cannot, right? So 
that is a pre-qualifier in the beginning. And most people these days, they aren't consistent with stuff. They're, we are lovers of ourselves and we are not thoughtful of other people. So if something comes up or I'm busy, I just expect people to understand whenever I get around to expecting them to understand. But if I carved out my day and my time and I made space for you and you didn't honor that space, yeah, you're going to get maybe, I forgive you the first time, but two or three go- rounds in, this is a problem. Like, I'm, it's cool. Catch me when you can catch me which means you always on do not disturb and I respond when I respond. Well, y'all, she's serious. And and offline, she didn't have to get me together a couple of times by that, which by the way, I've gotten better at that. Thank you. And that, um, that is not even like a dating bias things. I probably with most of my friends, it's only been several friends who I've never had to communicate my my expectation for communication with them, right? Because I will admit my my standard for communication is higher, but that's the type of person I am because I show up that way for you. So I want you to give me communicate the way I would like for, you know, it to be reciprocated, how I'm showing up for you. And I do realize that's not everybody's standard. Everybody isn't capable of that. And that is, that's fine. That's right. Even within my friend group, right? I'm, I don't disqualify people for that. There's grace, there's understanding for different seasons, but please understand your access might be limited to me because you're not reliable when I need you to show up. Every time we talk is something about you. Every time we do like, so taking that all into consideration doesn't make you a bad person. Doesn't even make you a bad friend, right? You're just not a reliable friend. You're not someone I can always count on. And because of that, I can't always avail myself to you and give myself to you because the people who are there for me, when they need me to show up, honey, I got to show up for them, right? My best friend of 10 plus years, it don't matter when she called me. It don't matter what time she need access this and this. And at this point now, her um, boyfriend that she's been with for a long time, that now extends to him. If he in danger, if he hurt, he's something, you know, like I need to know. So they have access to me now because he has become a part of her life to where she, if something were to happen to him, it detrimentally affects her, which now detrimentally affects me right? So it's levels to this thing. And I want to be involved. My friends who have kids, same thing. Something wrong with your baby? Like what's going on? You you need to call me in the middle of the night so I can wake up and pray for your child? Absolutely. Because they're an extension of you and I care about you. So you, it doesn't just apply in dating relationships, but I got to think about it this way. If that's the standard for my friends, how much more greater so is that the man, is that going to be the standard for the man that's trying to get with me, right? Like you definitely got to show up. If they showing up this way, how dare you not? attempt to show up that way the audacity of you to think you was gonna have access now you brought up a very good point um of showing up and consistency and communication so what do you believe is one of the biggest issues now this can you know i think that this is probably you know something that both men and women are, are fighting against, but what do you believe is the biggest problem in dating and relationships today? <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> Give me a synopsis. A I would say one of the first, and then this is on the top of my mind because I actually had this conversation this morning with my spiritual dad, but one of the first issues is that men don't know how to lead anymore. Um, and it's not all their fault. It is partially their fault, right? But if we're honest, right? Like if people, people don't, people not gonna like this comment I'm about to make, but I'm gonna make it anyway. There's always you know. cause and effect. Nothing ever happens just because nothing ever just, whoop, oh, well, it just, it just came about, right? Everything, there's a cause and effect too, right? So if someone cheats, even though cheating is wrong, we think it is the worst thing in the world. They might be immature. They might be something. It is something that was missing or something that had to be done there was a collective effort, right? Even if it was, you knew this person was immature and you shouldn't have been dating them in the first place because you can't cheat if you're not in a committed relationship. You allowed them to be in a committed relationship. People are not going to agree with that, I know. And that is that is so many layers to that. I'm not just saying that as a blanket statement, right? But there was some lack of attention or other things that you weren't giving that enabled this to happen. Now, could it ultimately be that that person's really unhealthy and needs to get healed? Absolutely. There are multiple dynamics. And I'm not saying it's that person's fault, but there was a cause that made this happen, right? Always. Not that it is your fault for the cause, right? You just being there. Could, but it, there, at its bare minimum, just what it is, fact in reality is that there was a cause. And now that cause and effect. So because of that, back to the men not leading, one of the causes of that is the feminist movement. Oh, and- wait. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold on. 
I, 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 I continue. You said feminist, and I, I got my eyes got big because the feminist movement at its just basic level, what it has done, and not not as far as the equality of women and things like that. I'm not speaking to that, but what it has done is changed the mindset and perspective of women need to lead. Not intentionally. I don't think that that was the ulterior. That was the motive. But unintentionally, that has become what feminist is. And regardless, there are roles that need to be had. And we're like, I don't want to be a part of this role. I don't want to be belittled to this role. I want to share some of his role, some of, some of the roles over here, right? And so that feminist movement has taken the pressure off of the, of the necessity for men to lead. But then in the same movement, we'd look at them and we'd be like, you a coward and you a punk because you're not leading. But when when do we allow them to lead anymore? When do we not want to fight them on their leadership? Oh, well, I, I think it should be this way or things like that. And it's just like, no, I want it this way. When are we allowing and holding space for men to lead because we wanted to take over and have, but now we're mad because they're not leading, right? Now, men, it's still their part, fault because it's just like, naturally in an eight you should want to lead and you should rise to the occasion and do that right you should find the woman that's going to allow you to do that find the place in society where you can do that and and do so right um i know people i'm gonna get a lot of I, people not gonna like that you know what and it's, I'm, I'm all about you know i'm all about controversy I I stay one of my friends calls me the female version of kevin samuels i I actually agree with a lot that Kevin Samuels had to say, but I don't I didn't agree with his approach for it. And I felt like he could have done a lot more good in his if he had some more tact and delivery and and honestly and also realize his audience. A lot of your audience is just they don't want to do better. They don't want to they want to be coddled and they want to hear what they want to hear and not the reality. Right. Nobody wants to hear, oh, my husband cheated on me. I, I was a causing effect of that. But the reality, literally, science in and of itself, it cannot happen by itself. You were a causing effect of that. Even if you were just a loving, kind wife, just by being a wife, it, it, it positioned him to be able to cheat because if he wasn't married, he could have never cheated in the first place, right? That is a cause of him cheating. Science, it's like literally, cause and effect. Scientifically, that is one of it. I'm not saying it's your fault he cheated. I'm not saying any of that. But that is a part of the contributing factor that he was even able to cheat in the first place, right? So it's just, it's so much to that. Um, but I think that's the biggest issue is that, that honestly, and it, it's just, that is just multifaceted, right? But men aren't leading, women aren't, aren't allowing men to lead. And it just, the it goes on and on and on, right? Men aren't feeling respected. They don't feel, you know, it just goes on and on and on from there. But I think that's the root of it. And there's been a lot of effects from that. Now, let me ask you this, because this is something that it's a conversation that's brought up a lot. But what do you believe as far as financially the effect that has on relationships? Because like I hear both sides of the coin. I hear some women have said, well, it doesn't really matter how much he makes. Then there's a whole group of other women that say, well, he need to be making this before I even give him the attention. So how does the financial aspect in dating, how is that, you know, that affect? So the problem with this is, is that people are putting so much weight on the financial capacity of it, right? And people will reason he needs to be financially stable. He needs to have money because he needs to be a provider. When mm -hmm. the reality of it is, is that providing while finance, financial stability is a factor of it, it's one component of it. It is, it's not the biggest and most important fact, part of that. And to be a provider is really a mindset. It's a character attribute that we should be looking for that we aren't. So oftentimes, and this is example of how this shows up and why this is an issue, is that we get with a man who's making six figures because of his job and based off his job, and his character has been built on the ego and the strength of his title and his capabilities at work and what he does. And life 
as it will and always does, happens. And now this man has lost his job, has lost his financial stability, and he never had the character to back that. And so now he is depressed and sad because all of his being and ego were riding on a six-figure check and who his job called him what or made him feel and who they said he was and who he showed up for for them. So now he can't show up for you anymore. And it and you don't even recognize that until that happens. And the thing that you were afraid of in the beginning and why you would never have settled for a man who wasn't making six figures is actually what you end up with. And you have no idea how to support him. You have no idea how to encourage him, how to lead him on. In fact, you are utterly repulsed because that was the worst thing ever. And you never wanted to be with that type of man in the first place. And now you want out and you have better options and you want to do something more instead of qualifying this man based off of his character, qualifying him and seeing he's a hard worker and you know, he's working his job. He's not quite making six figures, or maybe he is working six figures, but he's entrepreneurial minded. He's working and dabbling into other things. He has other trades and skill sets that if his job and financial stability over here were to fall through, he has something that he can back up skill set wise that will financially provide for us, right? That is the root of what that is. Financial stability transfers root wise. I want somebody who's going to provide for me, but that is a mindset and a characteristic versus a dollar sign. And that is the issue. Women are looking at financial stability as all this money, but money is fickle. Inflation, recessions, they all happen. We are in the midst of it right now. Pandemics, what happens when that stability is not stable anymore and you qualify this man in your relationship off of something that should have never been a qualifier in the first place? Providing that characteristic, how can you provide for me? Because what I know as a woman is that what I'm made to do, I'm a garden. When you plant a seed in me, when you provide a seed to me, I'm going to multiply it. That's what I'm made to do. So it doesn't matter if I'm in the workplace, if it's an idea, I'm going to multiply whatever it is that you give me, period. Because that's what we do and we figure it out. And that's that's something a husband is looking for and a wife, he's qualifying me with that. But as women, somewhere along the line, somewhere down the line when we were tired of seeing our grandmas saving up quarters and pennies and not having enough and our great grandmas and great great grandmas and hearing their stories of how, you know, there wasn't enough bills to make and she had to sew all the stuff and we just our hearts broke and we were like, we never want to be that way. We went to the complete opposite extremity and said, I want to be with a man who makes me feel safe and I never have to worry about financial burdens and worries again. And so that became the new norm and that became what was cool and that became that. But somewhere along the line, we forgot that grandpa had character though. We forgot that great great grandfather knew how to go out and make some money on the side for times when it was really rough or things like that. And so now we're ending up with these men who all they come home and do is have a check and have a title and a good job and it looks good. But we, when that falls through, there's nothing else to show for it, right? When he doesn't want to be affectionate right. and love you and he's abusive or he's verbally abusive or he's cheating, you're expected to put up with that and to tolerate it because he's making six figures plus. That's foolish. So essentially what you're saying is that <clears throat> the character aspect is something that's missing in relationships today. Absolutely. And let me make that real pretty. The amount of money you make don't matter, honey. Because no matter what you're making, when we get together, we on top it and double it up anyway. Because what you working with over here and me, there ain't no way we're going to be broke. It's just not possible. <laughs> it's not possible. If you got the right mentality and you come over here and multiply that, it's going to be you and me against the world. <laughs> So my next question is this, how do you, in the space that you're in in your life now, how are you able to share this information? Because here's the thing, there's not a lot of mature young ladies that are willing to take this. So how are you able to get this message out to other young ladies that may not have the same opportunities that you have right now? You know, that's a good question. And I honestly, I think one of my biggest things for me 
is that I always pray not for those, not just for those who are already connected to me, but I pray for those who are supposed to be connected to me in the right time, in the right season, and that they be able to receive me in the right way, right? Rather that be even the Lord coming to me and saying, hey, I need you to apply yourself in this way, in this season, so you can reach these people, right? So always saying motivable and approachable, I think is how I get through to those people. And I never like, I'm nowhere near where I want to be in life, right? To some people, I'm a failure, right? Because I'm approaching 33, not married, no kids. They look at that and they be like, oh, she might be successful in work or her job and career, but she doesn't have the other balance, right? That is definitely a stereotype and a perspective that is out there. And I'm, I'm not naive to it. I'm aware of it. I don't entertain it. I don't feel that way about myself. And I'm just like, listen, that's how you feel. That's cool. But the God I serve and how he served me, we not worried about none of that, right? And so I think it goes back to me being confident in me and who he says I am and showing up that way because that confidence is going to speak to who it needs to speak to. Some lady and individual is going to identify with that and say, wow, I want to know what it takes to do that. And they're going to be courageous and bold enough to come and have a conversation with me. And me being who I am, I'm going to have a conversation with them. I'm not going to turn you away, right? Um, and like I said, depending on where I am in life, having different resources for people, for them to be able to connect. But it, I think it really comes down to is the fact that I'm so relatable. I'm, I'm not high on a horse. I don't see myself as like, oh, this amazing girl who's made it and is doing this. I'm 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 not. I'm just a human person who is greatly flawed, just like the rest of us. But I am transparent. I am honest and I am real about what it is I'm going through, what's happening with me and all the things of life that I'm navigating. And I think that is what helps me connect with other people in you know, be able to share my story because I'm relatable. And I want to hear your story too. It's not just my story. Like you got a story too. Let's, let's talk. Let's have a conversation. I'm very big on relationships. And so I think that's what matters most to me. Now, the, the part that I'm going to love to emphasize is what you just said about the whole financial provision aspect, because me as uh, a man, those are a lot of the conversations that you know, we have, and I go up and down my timeline and I see these, I, I consider them to be women that uh, want to be high profile, you know, women that are, you know, they're going and they're saying, they want to be, you know, they go and they say all these different things about, oh, a man needs to have this and a man needs to have that. But what they're not understanding is that it's some of the characteristics that, women are complaining about with men that they accept because they go and search for certain type of men. Like if he makes, you know, I, there's some ladies that I know that if a man makes six figures, they'll, they'll deal with a little bit of cheat. They'll deal with a little bit of, I'll be quiet and I'll be, you know, super submissive because they know that that's going to be the opportunity. So for, um, the 18 to 22 year old, because I believe that that is the, one of the, probably one of the most impressionable ages that you get as far as the dating and relationship aspect and what you want. What would you say to that 18 to 22 year old young lady who has a desire to possibly one day get married, doesn't have any children, but desires to get out here in this, in this dating world and experience what we would consider to be love? What advice would you give to that young lady? that gets her prepared to really pay attention or what characteristics should she pay attention to, to make sure that she doesn't end up with some of the same stories of heartbreak and pain. Um, I don't know if this is answering your question. It's going to seem like it's not, but I live your life. Honestly, at 18, 22, Love is going to come and find you. There are going to be many of your crushes, many people like, cool, entertain it while it's there. Don't lose your life in it. You At this stage, you are really finding and developing yourself. Have fun with that, right? If you want to go to college, cool. If you want to go into um, esthetician school and learn how to do all of that stuff, set up your career and focus on you and have fun, right? Like work on your character. Work on not giving in to peer pressure, Right. Just work on being a good person, honestly, wholeheartedly, because I, I'll i never forget this. I was going through a really rough season and I was coming out of some stuff and dating relationship wise, 2017, not even that long ago, 2015, 2017. And the Lord said, Lauren, who I have wired you to be is what's going to attract your husband, period. And so 
I was like, oh, that's cool. That's dope. Like, for sure. I just need to be me. And then he turned around and told me, but who you are right now is not who I wired you to be. We need to get you back to who I wired you to be. And I was like, oh, wow. And I had to look around and realize all of the, um, you know, words that I had accepted and titles and stereotypes and the weight of the world that I had taken on that I was never meant to carry or bury. Or, you know, it wasn't my burden. And so God was saying, I've wired you a certain way, but we need to rewire you because you allowed the world to wire you some other way. And you're attracting what the world wants you to have. But that ain't for me. And so in 18 to 22, that honestly is probably where a lot of the wiring is happening. You're an adult now. You're living. You're this. And it's just like, hey, if you want to get to your spouse sooner, you want to get to them earlier, stay in your lane and do what you're supposed to be doing for you. Focusing on that. And it is going to attract. It has to. You are going to bring along the person God has for you naturally you don't have to do anything you gotta be out here stripping parading around going to these parties getting attention wearing the low-cut shirts and the butts real talk I don't even got a big chest I don't have none of that I ain't never had none of that right and that's not even something I have I, I've wanted to parade off or show off to get a man's attention I never understood that like I'm gonna show off a leg though like you know a good leg that's that's but that's Lauren 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 is doing that when Lauren is by herself and I don't plan on seeing nobody right that's what makes me feel confident and good about myself what are those things what are the things that if nobody else was around nobody else was to look at you nobody else was to compliment you that you feel the most comfortable in your own skin in that right those are the things we want to work on. Lauren don't like wearing makeup. Lauren's not going to wear makeup every single day. Lauren likes to have glam up moments. Lauren likes to be naturally chic. So what does Lauren need to do to emphasize that? Lauren needs to eat well and drink a lot of water. So Lauren's natural skin looks good and she ain't got to wear makeup. So that's what Lauren do. Because Lauren feels confident when I can show up and I can look good and throw on some blush and a lip. And people are like, oh my God, you look amazing. And I know I ain't got no makeup on. I'm like, thank you so much. That's so sweet of you. I love that. That's what Lauren care about and focus on. I ain't trying to compete with these other girls and all this. And they're like, I heard this too. And I thought that was, this was the most foolish thing. And I had to realize girls are out here doing that. They said, girls don't dress and get their nails done and their hair done for men. They're doing it to impress other women, to like show off and get their attention and to get their feedback. And I, I, I didn't agree with that at first. And I was like, no, nah, that's foolish. But they are. Right. Because I want my girl to be like, oh, girl, you a baby. And da, da, da. it's a thing now. Right. And it's just that they are. We want the approval of our peers so much and to feel good because we can rely on that versus this man who's fickle and here today and gone tomorrow. And I was like, oh, that is really a thing. But I could care less about any of that. Right. Like I don't I half the time don't even know what is trending in the end. I am always late to the trends. Always. Songs clothes the color of the season the nail that's in the season I'm always late to any all any of that because I don't care right and so what I'm rocking and what I'm wearing is because I like it and I think it's cute and guess what I usually always get some type of compliment on it because I am rocking it confidently and it looks good on me and it fits me because it's my style it's something for me so if you 18 to 22 focus on yourself focus on what makes you happy what makes you feel confident what makes you comfortable because that in turn is what is going to attract the person that god has for you and that you're supposed to be with and do it easier right without without all the headache and having to navigate stuff so all right last question before we get out of here and then we're going to be done um but what would you say to motivate those that are in between trying to choose their career because being a attorney that takes a special type of dedication and that takes a special um focus what would you say to those that are looking at possible career paths maybe an attorney maybe a doctor what would you say to them that would you know help them kind of choose what's going to be best what, what would you say as far as hey you know you want to be a doctor um this is what you need to look at or if you're looking to be an attorney this is what you need to look at. What what would you say to them? Um, I think it's two sides to that. There's a practical side and there's a spiritual side. Um, spiritual side, I'll do that first. Is that honestly seek God for it and pray about what he's purposed you to do. 
um, because you can't outrun your purpose. Your purpose will literally chase you down, as it might did. Story for another day, but I was running away from being an attorney because I was like, I'm over school. This is for the birds. Um, secondly, I would say the practical side of it is that you put yourself in the environments that you want to be around, right? So if you want to be a doctor, if you want to be a lawyer, you want to be an actress, you want to be a dentist, you want to be an esthetician, go when you meet somebody that said like, oh, how did you ask them their story, ask them their process, ask them what they would do differently, right? Um, to save yourself time. Time is our biggest ass, one of our biggest assets, y'all. Like there is, we can't get time back. It doesn't, it's we money will come back to us. All other stuff will come back, but time for the most, it's not coming back. So you want to ask people what mistakes they made and how they did stuff so you can do it better and avoid it and get to get to your purpose and your career in your field even quicker. Um, all of those professions, no matter what it is that you do, it's it's gonna be a lot of work and you wanna be the best at whatever you do. It doesn't matter if you're an esthetician, a doctor. So work at your craft and take it seriously, like respect it for what it is. I had to have a different perspective when I was studying for the bar, right? Like, oh, uh, I gotta get up and study. I had to shift my perspective when I was studying for the bar. I was like, no, I get to get up and study for the bar. This bar is a beast and it has defeated a lot of people and it, you're not gonna defeat me. So we're going to be friends for as long as we need to be friends. And you're going to teach me your ways and you're going to give me your secrets because I'm going to beat you. And did the first time, right? And qualified to, to do that. I did the MBM where you could transfer to any state and qualified to transfer my, transfer my score to all the other jurisdictions, right? First, But during those two months, I didn't come up for air. I missed my own surprise bar exam party because I was studying so much, right? Like I, it was real. And so put in the hard work don't all the fun and the glam and the day stuff you missing out on you're not missing out on it because I would rather do that with peace of mind and knowing that I passed the bar exam than not having to come back circulate later and not have those things in place you know so well attorney Lauren Morgan everybody she has given us a lot to think about a lot to consider and um, I am so glad that she has taken time out of her schedule to sit with me. Um, you guys don't know, uh, offline, when we do have our conversations, um, she definitely has her foot on my back. And so there's been many things that she has told me, uh, and she has been 100% correct. And it has really helped me um, throughout this wonderful season of my life. Now, last thing, uh, where can the listeners find you so that they can enjoy just a portion of what I got to enjoy today on this podcast. Yeah, I would say we talked about a lot of personal stuff today. And even on my personal page, I talk about my business stuff, but I would say my Instagram is just for Lauren, um, J-U-S-T-F-A Lauren, L-A-U-R-E-N. And I have a website, laurenamorgan.com where I update about my travels and um, not really work stuff. It links to my business pages, but I talk about my travels. I talk about relationship stuff. That is the purpose for that website. Um, so travel, lifestyle, and um, faith is what I talk about on there. Perfect. Well, again, everybody, thanks for tuning into the Soul Purpose Podcast with yours truly, Coach Brian Thomas. Again, um, Lauren, thank you for your time and um this won't be the last time uh, when I have season two and we dive into a little bit more of our deeper topics. I want you to bring some of the same enthusiasm because I believe that those that are get a chance to listen here in season one and then see you again in season two, um, they will be in for a treat. So again, thank you everybody for tuning in and we will talk to you later.